0: Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss. And today we are talking about the difference between the golden rule and the platinum rule. Welcome, everybody.
1: So great to have you here. And, you know, Arliss, I'm really grateful because you were the one who shared this with me, this idea of the platinum rule. Um, So just to reiterate, For people. Uh, Can you share what the difference between the golden rule and the platinum
0: rule is? Absolutely. So the golden rule is that we treat others how we would want to be treated. And that is the usual standard that we hear. Um, And Diana and I are asking all of you to consider up-leveling our standards to the platinum rule which is treating others how they would choose to be treated.
1: I love that, Arliss. And I want to add in another rule that I'm going to call the judge's rule, which is how maybe some of us see the world right now where we treat others how we think that they deserve to be treated based on how we happen to judge on what they've done that's wrong or right. Uh, and I just want to throw that out there as another rule, because I think it's important that we don't just talk about these theoretical rules, but also the real reality that sometimes we have around where we're at so that we can figure out from where we're at, how do we start to move towards a higher level
0: of rule? Absolutely. That is so powerful, Diana. I mean, I I haven't heard anyone talk about that before, and it makes perfect sense And I know that I've done it myself. You know, I can look back on my life and see how I've treated people based on my judgment of how I feel they should be treated, um, you know, based on what they've done or said or accomplished and doing it in the positive is just as toxic really as doing it in the negative. And so thank you so much for bringing that up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know I for sure... um... I'm also guilty of judging people. It's it's something that I think we all do in some form of way. And we talk about it and I own up to it because that way that's going to allow for us to recognize, okay, there's, there are ways that I've moved and evolved away from this, but there are also still some ways that I can grow into this. And I think it's so important that we be honest about that because yeah, there, there's still times and ways that I'm judgmental, right? And, and we all have and get to hold that space. But this is really about how can we start to treat each other more like that person wishes to be treated and less like how we think they deserve to be treated or how we think we would ourselves would want to be treated.
0: Absolutely. So Diana, can you think of an example of a natural way to treat someone that you may have, um, that if you were to take a step back and think about it, some people may not want to be treated that way.
1: Yeah. um, You know, something that I love to do when I meet people is like, I'm very much an energy person and like I do Reiki healing, like all this kind of work. So for me, touch, that's also my love language, is something that I do with true like love and positive intention. But also understanding trauma means that I need to understand and acknowledge that, that that everyone does not necessarily receive my touch in the way that I intend. So, you know, even when we have positive intention, even if where I'm coming from or giving from is a place of love, if it doesn't feel good for that other person, I still need to honor how that other person feels and, and their reaction. And I feel like, um, like, how about you, Darlis? Can you relate to that at all?
0: Absolutely. I am a huge huggy person. Like I am so inclined to give someone a hug. And, uh, when I first meet them and I have really had to take steps within myself to pause, you know, I feel so exuberant at getting to meet these amazing new people. Um, and pause. And ask, is it okay if I hug you, or would you be comfortable with a hug, or would a hug feel good to you? Um, and and really make it a safe space for the person to say, yes, that's awesome, or no, that that wouldn't feel good for me. And then respond in a positive and affirming way. So that's the other thing is it's the pause and asking for consent or asking for um, their feedback and then responding positively to, to what their feedback is. Um, Because if I were to ask, and then the person says, you know, I'm not really feeling a hug today. And I was like, oh, but you really could, or don't be, you know, don't be standoffish. Well, those things aren't Supportive. That's not supporting um, the person and feeling safe space and feeling like I heard what they said. So, you know, a better response on my side would be something like, oh, thank you so much for telling me how you're doing today or what your preference is. And then honoring that. Um, I think so much in our society, um, we have this tendency to to want to encourage people to do things that we think are good for them when they've already stated it's not a good fit for them. And I, I have been guilty of that so much in my life. Um, and it's really, you know, I'm working on now and have been for a while of really hearing what people say is okay for them and supporting them in that choice. Like how much more empowering and effective and affirming can we be than supporting people in in the choice around their bodies?
1: Yeah. Um, okay. We're like eight minutes in and you just dropped like so much. We need <laughs> to like rewind and like go back. There's so many key points that I thought that you made that I really want to highlight for people because I don't, I think that your very concise way of <laughs> summarizing that is very concise and like very much honors the process but that is a lot to unpack for people based on where they're at so I want to kind of help with that and like and honor some of that process so first step right is like is like pausing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like giving ourselves that space so that we're not moving right into that like natural inclination to hug by the way we're gonna hug for like three minutes when we meet it's gonna be amazing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but like that's not for everybody and that's so cool right so if someone's not into the hug right so we're giving them that pause is what i'm hearing right and then you gave some great examples of questions and i feel like again for people who are not familiar with this process this is a lot of information that i think could be really be helpful so what are some of the questions that we can ask so that somebody can feel more comfortable
0: yeah, So it could be as simple as I enjoy giving hugs. Is that something that you would receive right now? Or it could be, is it okay if I put my hand on your shoulder or, um, is it okay if I give you a hug or, and there's other things that we can ask too. Like, um, you know, when we talk to women that are pregnant, it's really a strong inclination for most people to place a hand on their bellies. And so we can ask, is it okay if I place my hand on your belly? Um, Or are you open to having your belly touch? And it's really important that, you know, in the pause, I want to circle back to the pause really quick. The pause Is not for the other person. It's really not. The pause is for us to get an alignment within ourselves as to what question we want to ask and what is the intention behind this thing that we feel compelled to do. You know, is the intention um because we want to share how much joy we're feeling we want to comfort the other person is it because we sh- we feel love towards the other person and we want to share that in some way and maybe that is physical touch or maybe it's with words and we pause right and get clear in our intention um and then there's others intentions like i feel justified in this action For me, justification is a flag. It's like, Ooh, you know, if I feel justified in doing this action, maybe that's not a good intention to be moving forward with. So the pause is for us to get really clear on what is our intention and what question are we going to be asking the person as to how to move forward, you know? And, and then we formulate our question and, when we gil- deliver our question, for me, it's really important that I'm asking in a way that shows openness to whatever answer comes. So yeah, so just really opening up myself to however the person is going to respond. I love that, I know that for you, Diana, I'm sure that you have... Moment, like you're such an amazing energy worker and everything, like you, and have such a, a such an expertise in that field uh, that I want to honor. And so I, I know that when you go through these encounters, that you're going through a similar process through the pause and the ask. So I would love to hear about your process.
1: Yeah. Um, well, firstly, I want to recap what you shared, just so that I can really understand it. Um, I, I think that you said something really beautiful in that the pause is not for the other person. The pause is for us. And that is such a key part of like pattern interrupt, right? Is so for us to have a new behavior, it really is about the pause. And we've talked about this, even when it comes to negative thinking patterns, it really does start with this pause. And I think, Arliss, you brought it together really well in saying it's about figuring out your intention and then also figuring out your question. Because that, that allows for you to figure out, okay, what is the way that I want to focus this energy and move it forward? But also first, before I even get there, what's the intention that I can see for myself right here? Am I, you know, and and that's even helpful if we're thinking about like eating, right. And like, we have patterns of like, you know, just like eating mindlessly, you know, it's like, if I were to stop, and ask, what's the intention? Am I just eating because I'm in front of the TV or am I eating because I'm hungry? It gives us an opportunity to, to shift and redirect. So this is a really, really powerful tool, not just for the platinum rule, but overall pattern interrupt um, that we want to share. And I think is, is absolutely, you know, that's kind of how I see it in the bigger picture, if that helps. Mm-hmm. And then I think your questions specifically around this topic are very helpful. So the way that I kind of structured this as I was listening to you talk is basically it's, we can always, if we don't know what to ask, we can say, is it okay if I (laughs) blank, (laughs) right? Is it okay (laughs) if I hug you? Is it okay if I call you? Is it okay if I touch your belly? Is it okay if I put my hand on your shoulder? Is it okay if I give you a kiss? Uh, And I think that that's a really good thing for us to just add to our vocabulary on a more regular basis is, is it okay if I, Um, so that we can use that as a consent question that doesn't, doesn't come charged. And the other part of that, that I hear you say is the energy with which we ask the question, right? So being open in the energy of um, how we receive the answer where it's like, we're, we're sending out this intention in our question of like, I'm, I'm wanting to give you a hug because I want to convey this positive feeling or I want to uh, console you. I want to give this to you. But, you know, is that what you will receive? Right. And then that, for that other person then to give us for us to be able to receive that answer. So that we're not just then saying to them, like, oh, no, just be more open. Like, don't worry. Like, it's just a hug kind mm-hmm. of thing, uh, which we can do. Th- and be coming from this place of really having good intention but ultimately not executing it in the way that we ex- ex- uh, think in our
0: minds kind of thing <laughs> absolutely absolutely and you recap that amazingly well um and and I think that it also brings us to a place in this conversation where you know it's it's really not about intent. Like, yes, we should get clear on our intention and know that just because we intend for something to be received in a way um, that, you know, that we can see does not mean that it's going to be received in that way. Um, And, you know, and the other person has every right to receive it and however they receive it you know, we were put on this planet with free will. And, and so they could say, um, you know, know that, that's not something I feel comfortable with. And if we do something without asking, they could say, um, no, thank you. That's harmful. You know, they could, it could be, it could be hurtful for somebody. You know, if somebody's gone through, and you know this even more than I do, really, because of your specific work, Diana, but, If somebody's gone through trauma where somebody um, else in their life moved through a physical boundary with them, um, and then I was to move through that boundary by giving them a hug, they may feel like I'm not a safe person anymore. Um, And that would be very real to them. And it's real to them. And I may not be able to totally understand that feeling in them. But I need to make sure that I'm open to receiving that feedback so that I can treat them in the way that feels good to them.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think it's also a recognition that we're not going to do it perfect all the time. We're going to mess up. Like We're going to We're going to have faceplant moments where it's going to suck and we're not going to have done the right thing. And we're going to have had that positive intention, but our, whatever we do is not received in that right way. And I think it, for me, that leads almost to, um, like Don Miguel Ruiz's book, the four agreements where he talks about not taking anything personally Mm -hmm. and really understanding that, like, like everybody is in their own world. And the more that we can allow and respect that about people, that that is not something bad, but something that makes them unique and is part of who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how we all want to be honored, right? Is, is a recognition that we're unique and that, you know, you're not just another blonde girl from somewhere. And I'm not just another Asian girl from somewhere else. It's like that there's, there are things about us and even in that i want to acknowledge that you don't necessarily identify like if we were to speak about um gender and our identification there that is me almost putting a gender upon you that is not necessarily um the gender that you identify with and i think that that's it's something where like I need to recognize, too, that's like I definitely don't do it all, right all the time mm-hmm. because I have fallen more in the in the place where it's easy, where I'm, you know, I'm cisgendered. Right. And mm-hmm. I'm and like I, I present as I look and there are so many different things that make me more the mainstream as opposed to the way that other people can
0: feel or be. yeah. Absolutely. You know, and when we're talking about the platinum rule and we're talking about pronouns, uh, one of the things that I have like on my client intake form, for instance, you know, I'm a coach, a consultant, I have on my client intake form, what are your pronouns? Because I don't want to make the assumption based on what someone's physical appearance may be, that they have um, the pronouns that match that physical appearance. And I'm really grateful because I've had a number of friends in my life that have gone through um, gender transition or pronoun transition. And so I have friends now that present as physically female that go by he, him. And I have friends that present as um, having feminine and male characteristics and they go by they, them and I have friends who were originally born with, um, you know, f- female genitalia who have transitioned to men, like being male. Um, and they now go by he, him. So it's, it's been a beautiful process for me to be interacting with pronouns in all levels. And, and I also want to say that as somebody that is very, um, you know, much active in that culture and, you know, tries to be very mindful, I make mistakes too, um, all the time. And, And so I think that the important thing is, though, that when we do make a mistake or when we forget to ask and then we assume a pronoun and somebody corrects us, that we take that feedback as positively as possible. Uh, and, and not, um, make them wrong for sharing with us that that's their preference. So, it's So yeah, so I encourage all of you to get in the habit, even if the people that you know, get in the habit of asking, what are your pronouns? Um, get in the habit of really thinking about, am I seeing saying she? Am I really saying he? Am I really saying they? And um, how did I decide to say those words? Um, and just being a little bit more mindful is helpful. So, you know, for myself, I consider myself non-binary. So I consider myself in my body as equally feminine energy, and equally male energy in myself. There are times when I, I go more towards one than the other, um, uh, because of my name Arliss that, which is a gender neutral name and has historically been prime primarily used by men, um, I've been addressed as male off and on throughout my entire life since I was very young. And so I go by she, her, or he, him. And I don't care. I don't feel like one is superior to the other. And I answer to both. And I have people in my life that I've only known through email or something like that that probably still think I'm male. And I don't correct them. So, and I also know that physically out in the world and in my photos, especially the bikini ones, um, I present as female, as only female. And so, um, I'm not offended when people call me, she, her, and in, within my own self, I know that I am an equal mix of male energy and feminine energy. So.
1: Yeah. And what I'm hearing in that, um, even as we just move into this more as a society, which is that, which is what I believe will happen, is that as the younger generations grow up with this paradigm of, you know, we get to decide our pronouns. We um, these are these are not things that are placed upon us based on, you know, uh, our whatever body parts we may have, or by society. We get to choose uh, these different aspects of our identity that. It's the it's okay for us to be on a journey where we're not doing it perfectly, and where we're just saying, and where what we're doing on either side of it is we're either affirming, like no, this is where I am, or we're working on honoring, no, this is where this person is, Mm -hmm. and and allowing for you know, like I thought it was really important what you said about not taking that personal. Mm -hmm. Right. So whatever, when somebody makes a correction or when somebody is trying to help us understand something in a different way, not feeling offended. And I think that there's so much about that that can go back to like shame and judgment. Right. And our own past traumas or past experiences with feeling judged, feeling shamed, feeling that it's bad to be wrong in some way. And so we need to honor that we also may have a hard time with that because we have our own stuff going on. So every single person in the whole realm of the interaction can have their own stuff that gets triggered by positive intent and and nothing negative. Uh, and we need to honor that each of us has those personal things within us. We can't heal the other persons. We can share ours and work to come to understanding, but that whatever comes up truly is
0: our own stuff. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's hard though,
1: you know, and I think I I really want to honor that for people that it's not, it's not something that can seem natural sometimes when we've grown up for decades for however many years under a specific paradigm and when it seems easier to present in the way that feels easy versus not Mm -hmm. and I think that that's I think that we we need to also give space and grace as we've talked about in the past for for realizing that this body positivity, this self love, this love of others is still a journey, and none of us do it perfectly. And a part of the self love journey is loving ourselves in
0: not doing it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the, and the other side of the coin to all of this is growing our bravery to be able to voice what we want and be able to state how we want to be interacted with, with the people in our lives. And so I do believe that um, sometimes it's easier to start that path by you know, practicing the pause and asking others in our lives how they want to be treated in different situations. Because once we get that, it's sometimes easier to enact that vocabulary when we're talking to others first. And, um, and getting to the point where we can say, you know, if we're not a huggy person, you know, no, I, I would prefer not to hug today. And it's not because I don't love you. I just don't enjoy hugs or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, as we open up to these lines of consent, that what I'm hearing you say is that at first it can feel really uncomfortable, but that as we open up to them, as they become more normalized and we realize that it's it is truly something we want to give the other person is that ability to to decide how they are treated and 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 all that, that we as a society just become more open and we allow for ourselves to make more mistakes and forgive ourselves through that process so that we really can grow at an, at an even more accelerated kind of pace. Yes. You know, it's something that like really is transformative for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know you've said this and I've said this too, in our past podcasts, um but we can't hate ourselves to feeling better about ourselves we can't judge ourselves to having more self-confidence. We can't beat up on ourselves when we make a mistake um, in order to do things better in the future. It just doesn't work. Um, it just doesn't work. If it worked, we would be living in a completely different society. Um, because, you know, in our society, we have such a history of beating up on ourselves and judging ourselves and hating ourselves that if that really was the thing that was going to elevate us all, we would be so elevated now that we would be like ethereal. (laughs) So it doesn't work. You know, if we want to feel um, more self-assured, more brave and do things in a better way in the future, we have to start by being gentle with ourselves. We have to start by being understanding and loving and caring and soothing to ourselves first um, that's how we shift patterns. That's how we grow. Um, and that's how we open ourselves up. Like you were saying.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I want to take it back to that idea of the judge's rule, because I'll tell you that that was really more along the lines of how I lived most of my life was Mm -hmm. with this idea of how I think other people deserve to be treated based on whomever they are, whatever they've done. And I want to honor, you know, wherever we are in that journey, because I think that it's important for us still also to give tools for us to get to that place of being even less judgmental. So when we think Mm -hmm. of someone or something happening that's bad or good, and we want to place that kind of judgment, one of the things that's really helped me is to think about, maybe times that I've done something that may have looked bad to somebody else or ways that I can relate to the person who is being judged as bad. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes there can be things that get get said about, oh, this person cheated. Oh, this person did that. Oh, this person, I don't know about you. I'm definitely not without sin. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's a recognition that like, there are so many places in life that I have not been perfect yeah. and me having some form of judgment or hatred towards this other person or what they're doing is truly in some way, a lack of healing within me. And that I want to say that that is really like a lack of healing within me when I mm-hmm. have those sort of feelings and I think that that's important for us to understand is that like when we're judging somebody else that's really what we're doing we're judging ourselves. So mm-hmm. when whatever we're seeing and seeing that negative in someone else we got to look back and see okay where where do I see this in myself? Where am I also judging myself for this? And where can I and if I really don't want to align with this, then how do I start to take actions that are away from that? And I think that that can help us get from this place of feeling very judgmental to being a little more compassionate for other people when they do wrong. Like Mm -hmm. when I think about um, even like the prison system or things like that, you know, this idea of people who have committed crimes are in prison. And so they deserve to be treated in this way. That was an idea and and a way of thinking that I had for a while. But for me, it it took compassion and, and more awareness to recognize, you know, like I've committed crimes. I've simply not been caught. Yeah. I've, I've done things that could be considered illegal and I didn't get caught. So that's the reason that's what really sets us apart. And, you know, then, then looking at that and saying, okay, well, if that's what sets us apart in, in the physical action way, what about what sets us apart in society? What sets us apart and gives some of us an advantage versus other people who may be at a disadvantage or who may have a different, maybe playing with different cards. And we don't know what anybody else is holding or what anybody else has. And I feel like that has helped me um, at least have much more compassion for other people. Because I'll tell you, I did not come from the compassionate place.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love that you shared that. Um, It really reminds me. I was in a class once, it was a, a spiritual class, and we had to go through the news and find somebody that we thought had committed like the most horrendous crime that we could think of and and I found that person and brought the article to class and I didn't know what we were going to do and you know and then the instructor instructed us to find the humanity in that person to be able to see them as a you know a child of God or a child of universal energy or part of universal source energy depending on what your belief system is um, be able to see, the connection between humanity, uh, between myself and this person. And finally, to see how this person still deserves love. And it was hard. It was so hard to do that. I mean, I had, cho- I had chosen a real challenge for myself in the crime that I had chosen and, and all of that sort of thing. And um, and when I was able to get to the place where I could see that um, God energy or energetic source was in this person, just like it's in me and how we are connected through that energy, just like I believe all of humanity is, and that everyone deserves love. Everyone deserves to feel love and compassion no matter what they've done. Um, Now it may need to be like, depending on how destructive they are in their actions that might be from a distance, like love from a distance, but they still deserve love. And so that was hugely transformative for me. And, um, and I think it's a really great exercise. And it's very similar to what you were talking about, Diana. Um, and it might be really helpful for our listeners. You know, if you really struggle with this judgmental Um, rule that we, that Diana has brought up. Um, you know, choose someone that you feel in that moment is unlovable and then. You know, go through the process of finding a connection to that person and finding a connection maybe through your spirituality or your religion. Um, and find in working towards a place where you feel like, okay, this person is actually lovable. And it's not gonna happen overnight. I'm not like this is not a sit down and do it in five minute exercise. This could take weeks or months, you know, it really depends on where you you know, where you are and you know, what that looks like and, and that's fine. But just being willing to even consider this exercise is a really great step towards moving away from that judgmental mindset.
1: Yeah. I love that as an exercise and I want to one up that challenge. Yes. Because I think that it's, it's different to judge somebody who is a public figure. Mm Hmm it's a completely different thing to have these sort of feelings of judgment with family members, with friends, with all these different things. There is, we can put these kind of boundaries. And in in the case where it's somebody who's far away, I think it does make sense to add and look for their humanity. When it's somebody that we know, I find that what's really powerful is to look for the ways that we're similar. So I want to share this story about me and my mom. I didn't always grow up with the best relationship with my mom. We butted heads a lot. We were both super opinionated, like had a lot of things that I wanted that she wanted the exact opposite of and we're both headstrong. And so it was challenging a lot of times at home. But as I got older... And I had a little bit of space, as we talked about, sometimes we need to love people from a distance, right? Um, As I got a little bit more space and maturity, I realized that a lot of the things that I really loved about myself, I also shared with her. And Mm -hmm. so with the family members that we have a challenge with, or with friends that we have a challenge with, instead of focusing on the ways that we have difference, because it Anybody in the world, we have difference. We have similarities. Rather than focus on the differences, starting to look for some of those similarities. So with me and my mom, it was, it was you know we we're both adventurous. We both love to travel. We both are headstrong. We both know exactly what we want. We, I, I started to realize and recognize. You know, my mom was the very first person in her whole family who left the Philippines to move to the U.S. Like she's a trailblazer. Mm-hmm. And like seeing the similarities between her and me allowed for me to have a greater appreciation for who she was inherently. Mm-hmm. And so, with people that are different than us, that so we have that desire to judge, it's not that they've never done anything wrong. It's not that they haven't hurt us. It's not that they don't deserve in this way of judgment. But what it is, is that for us to have a better experience in life for us to have the healing for us to have, um, peace, like having a better relationship with my mom. Like that's amazing. That's meaningful. That's special, you know? And I think that that's something that like we all get to look for instead of the ways that, um, we've felt hurt. It's not that the hurt's not there, but it's that, you know, where, where can we see similarities, gifts and good and, Um, Yeah, I want to share that example for my mom, but also uh, the the examples, I think the Holocaust is one of those things that for me comes in a lot of times as like pure atrocity, you know, and um, how could you forgive and all these different things and having having less of a tie to it. I don't think it's my place to tell anyone like we should forgive the Holocaust and it's okay or anything like that. (laughs) But I do want to recognize that there were some folks who went through the experience who were able to really transcend it and Mm -hmm. heal from it and evolve as a result, as opposed to feel broken down. Uh, And I like, uh, Viktor Frankl, Abraham Maslow come to mind as folks who, um, actually, I don't know if Abraham Maslow was in that. Anyway, Viktor Frankl, for sure. Um, as people who, like, there are people who survived through that. There, there are still signs of humanity, as you talked about, Arliss, um, yeah. in what happened. And um, it doesn't make it okay, but it does allow for us to just find more peace within ourselves I think and for me that's that's a big personal value.
0: Absolutely. I completely agree. And and for me when I encounter instances in my life where someone is disrespectful or or intentionally trying to be harmful which it doesn't happen very often in my life if I'm honest. But if that does happen, I really do try to Pause within myself and recognize that whatever is coming at me is coming from a place of pain in that person. Um, I, you know, I really don't believe that um, that we as humans can intentionally try to cause pain. Uh, in others without feeling immense pain within ourselves. Because if we weren't feeling pain, of course, we would never want to harm another person. You know, if if all we felt in our bodies and on our spirit and energy was love and light, then that's what we would be putting into the world. And so that doesn't excuse the behavior, you know, and it doesn't stop me from upholding my boundaries around behavior, but it does take me to a place where I feel more compassionate towards the person and just know that they must be in a lot of pain. They're still responsible for how they act. And I still uphold my boundaries. Um, you know i just feel like it helps me be in a more compassionate place and then that way i don't get taken down the path of getting angry and resentful and maybe lashing out and causing pain back um yeah. so yeah
1: yeah and that makes me even think about um like harmful things that i have seen in comments from people sometimes with with other people's bodies or their diets that it does come from this place of pain um, and it's not something that we all exactly understand uh, and again it's not like what I'm really hearing you say Arliss is like we are all responsible for our individual healing mm-hmm. but that we still can come for, from a place of compassion because the other thing that's not going to help that other person heal is for us to just judge them uh, and dismiss them or, you know, say, say whatever. And of course, this is all, let's be, let's be honest. This is all very, very much easier said than done. Yes. And something that I think we all endeavor to, we all still make our missteps in, but that what I'm really hearing you say, Arliss, is that it really is about just continuing to try to take the steps to get better, to become more aware and to keep other people's experience and their desires specifically in mind with the platinum rule. That they, you know, we don't understand and we don't know why they have their preferences and they are allowed to have them.
0: Yes. I love how you say that. You know, it's really none of our business why people have preferences for whatever they have preferences for. You know, um, if somebody says, no, I'm not interested in the hug today, they don't need to submit to us a 30 page front and back thesis on why they don't want hugs. <laughs> We can just say, oh, okay, thank you for letting me know. Um, And it's not our business and, um, and that's okay. And we just get to open ourselves up as much as we can to respecting the feedback that we get from others and be gentle with ourselves when we're not that open or when we forget to ask, or, you know, when we cross a boundary with somebody else and we didn't even know the boundary existed. Um, we get to be gentle with ourselves.
1: I love that. I think that, um, yes, I I hear our overall themes as um, gentleness and then also a true, well, yes, gentleness, especially around like self-forgiveness and then also uh, an openness to understanding other people, I think is like kind of just the overall ideas that we're presenting here with the Platinum Rule is, yep, we're going to make mistakes at this. (laughs) It's, it's not going to be perfect. And that what we're really looking to do is understand self and understand others in in a way with more compassion. And I'm, like I mentioned earlier about my mom, I'm grateful that we have a better relationship. But what I want to recommend, or what I want to say about that as well, is she didn't have to change for that relationship to change. Mm -hmm. My thinking changed, and I was able to change the relationship. And so even in painful situations where we don't think the other person can change, we can still experience a healing in the relationship if we're willing to heal. Because by nature, with that shift in who we are, we're no longer that same person and the relationship will change as well. Um, And that's that's happened with. Uh, not just my mom, my dad, like many of the relationships I've had, I've been able to transform away from that judge's rule to a place more of the platinum rule of how does my mom want to be treated? How does my dad want to be treated? How do these people want to see the world as opposed to how do I think that they should see the world? Mm-hmm. Still
0: definitely a work in progress, though. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. I love that. So I feel like we are complete in our discussion for today. Like we, gosh, we covered so much. I love this. We cover so much when we get together. Um, And so I would love to ask you, Diana, who is our guest next week?
1: Oh man, it's going to be amazing. We have Leanne Watanabe. Leanne is a personal trainer and uh, based here in Honolulu. She's my personal trainer and has had... has had her own health and wellness journey, to say the least. And I I know that she's really excited to talk about, you know, as a personal trainer, um, different bodies in the fitness industry, because, you know, we typically see one kind. And I think that's something that she's really passionate about. She also talks about something that I think is really valuable, is this concept of being fit, looking fit versus actually being fit. Mm -hmm. And how those can be very different things, but how, because what, so much of what we understand of the fitness industry is looks that, that, that can be, that can lead to extreme measures and different kinds of things like that. And then um, she even talks a little bit about trauma and like childhood experiences with weight and food and fitness that can, that we don't necessarily notice or don't necessarily see until we dive deeper into um, those kind of discussions. So I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yes. I got to do a one-to-one conversation with Leanne uh, last week and I was blown away. So listeners, you are going to, are in for a treat. It's going to be amazing.
1: I'm so excited. Yeah, Leanne is is my trainer. I chose to work with her because I love this approach of hers, that she's open-minded and really thinks about um, how somebody feels and, and all these different things that really really amount to our well-being as opposed to just, you know, like what's the number on the scale kind of thing. Cause, um, you know, that's a very, that's a very one-dimensional way to look at ourselves, our bodies and our lives. We're more,
0: we're so much more than just a number, right? Arliss? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I just want to thank all of you for joining us today and thank my beautiful, amazing co-host Diana for being here with us Um, to discuss the platinum role. And we will see you all next week.
1: Not before I say thank you also to you for dropping those bombs in the first like eight minutes where I'm like, hold on, I need to like take notes so we can really like codify this so that people can really hear this because this is such important information. Arliss, I feel honored to be uh, podcasting here with you. It's such a journey of uh, fun to have this. And so- I hope that you also are having fun listening to us and watching our growth and we'll see you next week. Awesome. See you next week.